The film and TV show is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Films. TV. Film. TV. Film. TV shows. Film. TV. Film. TV. Film. TV show. Film. TV. Film. TV. Film. TV. Film. Television. Film. Film. TV. Film. TV. I love this film. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Film and TV Show with me, Richard S. And with me, as always, is Alex. Good evening. Hey there, how's it going? I'm alright, mate. Have you heard? Have you heard? Uh, what? It's What's coming home. Oh, God, I can't believe you. Yeah, yeah, it is coming home, it? Is, it is coming home. It's <sighs> coming home. For those of you listening <laughs> in, uh, in a couple of months' time on the podcast, um, England have either won the semi-final... And, and then won the World Cup. Well, we haven't. Either way, someone's coming home. World Cup or, or, or the All players. The teams, yeah. yeah, one of the others. So can't believe it, you got me with that. Like, I was honestly thinking, oh, did you save some news? No, no, you no, just got me. No, no, I Ugh. just got you. Excellent. So, yes, welcome, uh, welcome listeners. Uh, welcome to those of you listening on the podcast. 107,000 uh, subscribers Ooh. across the world, which is great, considering we thought actually we'd piss off a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, we thought we'd just like, lose those um, subscribers. Uh, we actually gained just over a thousand, Ooh. so uh, that, that's that's lovely. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, it's nice to know that we weren't in the minority, uh, although I was getting hammered on Twitter. Oh, did you? Uh, people were like, oh, I don't understand why you're trashing it. You know, it's a great film. It's like, oh, shut your face. Ooh. It's an awful <laughs> film. <laughs> terrible, terrible film. Ooh. But hey-ho. You know, opinions like arseholes, everyone's got one. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> yes. So if you are listening on the podcast, thank you very much. Leave us a review. That would be amazing. Um, and if you're listening live, hello. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. So we're going to do something a little bit different, different uh, this week. We're going to talk because – let's just give you a bit of backstory. Because we are both so anti-reboots, remakes – and the fact that Hollywood are going through a process at the moment whereby they're taking nostalgic films, yeah. they're rewriting them, and they're ruining them. And they're not <laughs> actually coming up with any sort of decent original idea. Yeah. So you, Alex, yes, decided. Yeah, I did. This had nothing to do with me. <laughs> you so this decided. Is, this is the one where we lose all the This is all on you. <laughs> so you decided. See, see, me, you know, next week we'll go back to them and we'll do The Rock. We'll talk about Dwayne yeah. Johnson, not the film The Rock, although that's a classic film, but that we'll talk about film. Dwayne Johnson next week. With Sean Connery. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and yes. Nick Cage. But yeah, uh, sort of getting on to... Just going on to that, have you seen that meme, that meme, whatever it's called, of Sean Connery with his hand on a, uh, on a shelf saying, every time I think of you, I touch my shelf. <laughs> no, I haven't, but you're going to have to brilliant. send it brilliant. I will send it to you. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, so we're going to we're gonna look at ways in which Hollywood can come up with a a decent original idea and also obviously um to, to kind of those of you listening out there who work in the film industry mm. and who are actually you know out there plugging away or even those just studying like to be in the sort of film and tv media industry uh, yeah. it's just like if you're listening along and you're maybe stuck on a project or something hopefully this might help you out or you know just yeah anything. absolutely i mean don't don't <clears> get <throat> us wrong we're not by any stretch of the no. imagination uh geniuses although i have 139 iq <laughs> um technically a genius but we don't but you know we don't have any anything but we have no. a passion for for films and we yeah. want to you know what is it they say those who can't those who can do those who can't Talk on the radio. On, yeah, go on the radio and talk. <laughs> go on the radio. Yeah, um, no, like, um, I'm trying to get into script writing and uh, stuff in my yes. own personal time. And uh, uh, to do that, I've been doing a load of different things uh, to sort of increase my vo- vocabulary uh, because my IQ is only nine. No, <laughs> I can barely breathe without having to think about it. Um, yeah, there's just some stuff that like I've, inc- I've encountered recently a lot of writer's block. I've been trying to think outside the box and do all this sort of thing uh, just to try and uh, inspire myself with different ideas and not to fall along that train of being like, well, I could just say that I could do a remake of this movie and, and, like, that, but and that, just change but the name. But that's where it gets to, isn't it? That, yeah. That's where it gets to when you you can just see in some of the films when they've done reboots that they've, yeah. that they've got to a point where they thought, ah, sort of, let's just try and remake yes. another film because it's yeah. easy. We've already got some sort of foundations to work on let's just see if we can pick 
some I don't know, some random yeah. existing existing point in that film that we could expand on. I mean, just look at Solo. Yes, yeah. It's like, uh, how did he get his last name? <laughs> yeah, but who cares? <laughs> yeah, Do you know was, what I mean. Um, just uh, who who cares? Who actually cares? Speaking of speaking of that, it's not a big scene, but you know the scene where Han Solo is showering with Chewbacca. Yeah, I instantly thought of I think it was like Casino Royale or somewhere where James Bond goes into the shower with the woman. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, this is so wrong. Yeah, you, all you wanted to do is just pull out a razor and start shaving <laughs> Chewbacca's back. Whoa. Ugh. Yes. So it, you know it, that that's where we we are with Hollywood at the moment. Hollywood are literally butchering classics because they have no original ideas. Mm. Even the best ideas come from books. Yes, yeah. and it's all well and good taking uh, a popular book like Ready Player One, yeah, making it into a film, and then screwing it up because you change everything about it from the book to the film. But if yeah. you want to know more about that, just listen back to one of our previous shows because we talked about about Ready Player One, yeah, um, and the difference between the book and the film because it was just horrific. But <laughs> that that's what happens is you have some sort of vague source material, whether it be a book or a screenplay written by some random person out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's taken and it's manipulated, but people don't... They don't tend to, to actually write original stuff anymore. You don't really see many original films. I mean, I heard on the radio about... Um, what is it? Uh, Artemis, it's called. A film called Artemis with Dave, mm. Dave Bautista and Jodie Foster. Oh, the yeah, most the hotel one. I don't think it's a. Ho- it's like a hotel, but it's more of a. It's, it's like a hotel for for prisoners or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but basically, they, once they're in, they can't get out. It's like a. I don't know, but it sounds remarkably like Shutter Island, and uh, sorry, yeah, Shutter Island, The Island, uh, Escape Plan One and Two, and it's kind of like there was a second Escape Plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh no! You must have missed that. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, it it it's basically the same as those films, but they've stuck Jodie Foster in, which means it's going to bomb because she has the personality of a brick. Yeah, I think from what I've seen, it's like a um a hotel for criminals. Where yeah, they can something just like that. Go and it's like avoiding the police, but you got to abide by their rules. It's a bit like John Wick's yeah. uh, hotel. I don't, thing. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they've taken it from the Continental from yeah. John Wick. And said, "Oh, let's just call it Artemis instead." Yeah, it's not it's not original because there's been things done like that before. So there's mm. nothing original about it. And when they and that's what annoys me is when you get when you get adverts for films on radio and TV, best film since sliced bread, best film of the year that you'll ever see. No, it's not. All you're trying mm. to do is you are trying to to market it because it's not a big blockbuster, and you're not going to drive people into the cinema, and you're not going to make your money back. Unless you try and say it's great, it's just it's when they do this, it's just unremarkable, like made for TV sort of movies. No one's really into. No one sort of watches the trailers anymore and goes, "Oh my god, that's breathtaking!" That like literally just blows you out of the water. No. It's all like, huh? That's an interesting concept, I guess. That's that's pretty much how I feel a lot of the time when I watch these trailers. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's that's quite an interesting take, but uh, well, I want to see the execution. Well, it's like Shaun of the Dead. It was interesting because mm. it was a it was technically a parody. Yeah. But you can go back and listen to one of our previous shows on Edgar Wright, which was a actually, couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it's actually one of the more successful zombie movies recently. Yeah, see, like my favourite zombie movie is not really a zombie movie as such. It's Zombieland. Yeah, that's a comedy. Like for me, that's a straight up comedy. I with love just it zombies though. In it, but yeah, I, I mean, you know, I know it's got. Um, which one is it? Jesse Eisenberg. There we go. <laughs> You're thinking See, about Michael Cera. I was, not, I was absolutely. See, this is a standing thing with yeah. us now. We're actually going to do a Michael Cera versus... <laughs> versus Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. Okay, I think Jesse Eisenberg wins that. He's yeah. Done, he's done more roles. No, no, we're just going to do a... Which one is it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> just okay, Just pick yeah. out films. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a standing thing with me on this show. Mm. I don't know it is which difficult, one's which. I give you that. Like, yeah. They are very... But I do similar. like Zombieland, and I actually like Emma Stone in that. I think it's great, but it's in. It was an I original. I wonder why you like. <laughs> it's well, Emma just Stone. Got, you know, great. Yeah, everything. She's got great charisma, screen presence. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Anyways, anyway, moving on. Moving on. Go on, then. So. Uh, so yeah, this is this is 
things that I wrote down just thinking about some of the stuff I've struggled with recently and like um, just some tips that I've learned and picked up on even back at school and stuff like that. But I put them into sort of eight points that we could go over and sort of discuss. Okay. Um, the first point is uh, writing about what you know. Uh, basically, it's a very simple rule. It's don't write about stuff that you don't understand or don't know about yeah. because ultimately it's going to come off as really disingenuous and just completely false and yeah. no one will buy it. Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what? That actually rings true. I've got a I've got a friend who is a very successful author. Mm. And um and he was saying his name's Rob Radcliffe, by the way. So if you want to go and find him, find him on Facebook, find him on Twitter. He's got some cracking books out. Um and they are they are brilliant, honestly, mm. absolutely brilliant. Um I'd love to see some of his books actually made into uh, into a film. One of them in particular called Meat Market. Honestly, go find it. It's free on on Amazon at the moment. Mm. So, uh, Rob Radcliffe. Rob, you're welcome, mate. Um, Yes, so he was actually telling me that, uh, because I wanted to kind of start writing my own book and stuff, and I got halfway through, and and he was was like, I can tell that you don't know much about what you're writing about. You may have a passion for it, but you don't actually know about it. So it comes across as that you don't know about it. So I had to scrap it all, but... But he said, literally, that write about what you know. So when it comes to writing a, a screenplay or even writing a book for a film adaptation, mm. is focusing on stuff that you know because people know a lot of random stuff. I know loads yeah. of random stuff. Yeah. Like, did you know that there are more stars in the sky than there are <laughs> grains of sand on this planet? That's cool. I yeah, did man. not know that. Yeah, man, there um, are more stars in the sky. Anyway, but uh, you can't write a book about that. But no, but it's, it's exactly that. So. For instance, if you know about 16th century Japan, don't write about 13th century France. It, no. It's sort of, I know it sounds ridiculous, but some, uh, like even from my experience, I've I've done exactly what you have. Uh, I've written, uh, you know, short stories, uh, the beginnings of like full on scripts and things where I've been trying to write about something I didn't know and I've applied other stuff to it. So, like, I quite I know quite a lot about uh, the Crusade uh, Crusades period yeah. in history, uh, and I tried writing about uh, Eastern Asian culture, and I didn't really know much about Eastern Asian culture, but I knew about the historic periods in Europe, and just from that, there was crossovers where I was trying to describe even just the texture of cloth and things like that. Yeah, and you know, I've never, I've not really gotten up close to someone wearing a full kimono. I don't know that, uh, and it just didn't mesh well no. it, like completely ruined it uh i halfway through it i was just you know lacking for any sort of inspiration because i was exhausted effectively by having to do research alongside writing just to find out the basics and that's that's what it comes down to is yeah. if you don't know the subject matter it's going to make doing research it's going to make doing it a lot harder and that's where you can tell with some films mm. that they don't the, the, the person who's done the screenplay, or whether it's an adapted screenplay, hasn't really grasped yeah. the whole point of either the source material or the, the screenplay in which it's based on, or even the person who's written the screenplay. I mean, you only really have to look at um, Ready Player One yeah. to see that although Spielberg didn't do the adapt- adaptation of the screen of the book for mm. a screenplay, it was that the person who did didn't understand why it was done in the way it was done and henceforth changed everything yeah and you can see it across a load of different things about people that are writing about things that they don't know um look at uh netflix's bright for instance that that was written by max landis and he's great at what he does which is some, some of the fantastical elements um, but towards the more realistic, gritty sides of the just gang interactions and, you know, how police interact with um, with criminal suspects and things like that, you could tell he didn't really have much of a clue at that aspect. Yeah, because it, it um, was really weak. Despite was... the fact that you got David Ayer as the director who's done things like End of Watch, which is a brilliant, a film. brilliant film with, uh, what's it, J- uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. yeah. That was, uh, and you can tell the difference because one's super strong and like super realistic in terms of, you know, how you would expect that to be in, in modern times, and then you've got this 
I, I know obviously there's that fantastical element of that there's orcs and there's dragons and everything inside yeah. of it, but it should still have the same sort of realistic, you know, um, script uh, script sort of play in terms of the dialogue and everything, and it just didn't. Yeah, and, and you can absolutely see it because, like you say, it's very, very weak, and if you don't know the, um, you know, if you don't know what you're writing about, you are going to struggle and it will show, which luckily for... Bright, David Ayer knew what he was doing. Yes, but obviously he can only work on the script. That the he script gets. that he gets, you know. So it's it is difficult. So if you are writing, if you do want to write either a, a book for uh, an adaptation or uh, you're writing an original screenplay, because there are people out there that will want to write a screenplay, yeah, just to do. I don't know to be creative to and and we really want people to be creative. Yeah. Students, mature people. The only thing is, like, if you want to write about something and you have a passion for something that you don't understand, it's quite simple. You go away and you do your research. Like, you learn about things. You go and get first-hand experience of of whatever that you're trying to write about just so that you have that uh, as knowledge in your mind to draw back on when you're writing the script. Yeah. I mean, how many uni students out there could actually write about travelling? Because everyone that goes to university always gap takes year. a gap year and goes yeah. out... And goes off to, to <laughs> Thailand and to, to Vietnam and, you know, sees all the ladyboys. And they always go to Australia. They yep. always go to Australia. <laughs> In between us two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's like a rite of passage to go to university, I think, isn't it? Mm. I'm off to university, but I'm going to take a gap year first. What are you going to do? Travel. The usual. I'm going to travel. <laughs> I'm going to go to the Middle East. I'm going to go to Australia. I'm not the Middle East. <laughs> not the Middle East. Uh, the Far East. Far East, yeah. And far middle, it ain't West, so. Yeah. But yeah, they all do the same thing. So a lot of people could do that. I mean, yeah. you've only got to really look at Carl Pilkington, The Moaning of Life. Yes. And when he yeah. did when he, he did it, you <laughs> he know, he didn't have a nothing. clue. <laughs> exactly. But there are people out there that actually do go out and really mm. enjoy the travelling aspect. And I'm not putting a slight on people to do. I just think it's very cliched. Other than that, you don't have to travel. You can you can do the research and you know go on your computer and pick things up. But obviously, the first hand knowledge will always be better. Yeah. Like interacting with people, learning first hand, going to these places. Absolutely. And if you do have an absolute passion, then yeah. write about it. Write an adaptive screenplay. Write mm. a screenplay. You know, we will happily look at, at anything, a script or yeah, whatever. Send Just it in. You know, we're more than happy to. I I was very lucky enough to be given the script for a short and its uh, full-length, feature-length version called Dead Air, um, mm. written by... Uh, oh, you t- I remember yeah, yeah, talking yeah, I remember, about this, yeah. You know, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Because it, and and it, it is original. Mm. It is still slightly based loosely on gremlins and critters and that sort of stuff, yeah. but it's not. And when I say things like write about what you know, obviously you can never get first-hand experience of anything that's either sci-fi or no. fantasy. But you can still go to like all the books, read the his- uh, history about them and stuff. Read what other authors have written as well and see what you want to take away from that. Just don't plagiarize. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying like adapt it into your own, but also understand these creatures because you can, like let's take elves for example, Elves can be two different sorts. You can have the Tolkien elves, which are the tall ones with the bows and arrows. Yep. And you can have Santa's elves, who are like tiny sort of gremlin-sized yeah. uh, helpers. I mean, do you think J.K. Rowling just, you know... Yeah, did, her elves are different as well. So. You know, well, even that. But then you've got like the terminology that she uses and all mm. of the words. She just made them up. Do you know what I mean? And that's the whole point. Some is of it. The, she, the only she drew on his, like, yeah, mythology I know. and stuff. Yeah, but, but yeah. you know, but... Most of it, like Expelliarmus, she made that up. Yeah. And like, Crucio, whatever. You know, it's all made up words, which is great. And and that's it. It's your imagination. You know, if you're yeah. an act, you have an active imagination, do it. Write about what you know and just do it. And like, like we say, we'll happily read and give you a shout out or mm. share or whatever, you know, because we're all for that as well. Yeah. Go on, and what you got as number two? So number two is an editing term called murder your darlings. Um, Don't have a clue about this, so you're on your own. (laughs) Uh, Basically, it's a phrase used um, when you've written something, when you've uh, put something on paper. uh, Even when you're you're doing art, um, you may have a tendency to overdo something. 
Uh, and when it says murder your darlings, it basically is take a pen to it and basically just cross out the unnecessary. You may think it's uh, you may think it's necessary, but when you read over it, when you check something, even if you give it to an editor, like a person that is oh, so you mean like where you're over describing over describing or... unnecessary chapters that don't really add to the story itself or like unnecessary paragraphs. Um, well, there's plenty that, of unnecessary bits in films. Yeah, but that like you don't um, need. For instance, uh, a bad example of this is Stephanie Meyer's Twilight series. <laughs> there is so much descriptive uh, featuring um, Edward's character, like his physical description, and it just isn't necessary. And that's also a part of one of my other points. But effectively, you don't need to describe the character 52 times just because you have emotionally attached yourself to that character. Yeah. In fact, what you should be doing is killing that character off or doing something to remove him f- uh, to remove them from your your own emotional attachment because at the end of the day your book needs to be based in reality and if you have a person or character or anything in your book that you are emotionally invested in then it can't be removed which is not based in reality. That's fair enough. So that's the term murder your darlings. I'd never heard of that. Yeah. So there you go. I've learned something. Yeah. There yeah. we go. Go on now. We'll do one more and then we'll play uh we'll play a song. So this ties into the Stephanie Meyer point. Uh this is Stay Away from Gary and Mary. Uh and basically it's Gary Stu and Mary Sue. Uh you may have heard about these Absolutely descriptions. Not. No, no. Uh, go on then. Basically, uh, a Gary Stu or a Mary Sue is a overpowered character. It's quite simple. They are god level superman-esque characters with hardly any weaknesses all the strengths um the most recent example would be last jedi ray yeah she's a mary sue uh and the term mary sue uh has come under scrutiny by the actress uh daisy ridley because she says there's no male counterpart but there is it's gary stew um but effectively suck it Daisy Ridley. <laughs> yeah, effect- effectively, it's just characters that uh, have been written to be absolutely just overpowered. There's no, there's no humanity in them. Uh, the audience has difficulty connecting with them um, mm. because they're just so strong. They don't really struggle. Just like Ray's character, she hasn't struggled in any of these movies. She okay. hasn't learned anything. So then, it's not so, a progression. It's so just, then going by that then, the best analogy or the best uh, characterization in a film for that is uh, Lilu from The Fifth Element. Supreme being, but ultimately is weak because she needs love, she needs to, to overcome the uh, the darkness of humanity. I would say she's the opposite of a Mary Sue though, because... Yeah, but she's technically godlike because she is the fifth element. She has divine power, which is correct, and she has the ability to like kick ass majorly. But she's not bulletproof, she doesn't speak English, and she doesn't understand humanity. Uh, And all of those actually leads to her on a character progression, where she does learn, she does get injured. Um, Corbin, at the end of the day, does save her life as well. Okay, Wonder Woman? No, because she doesn't really have much of a progression apart from, oh, maybe I will help people. That's not really a progression, is it? (laughs) Yeah, it's something that you can see in certain characters um, to varying degrees. You're always going to get slightly strong characters that people love to go and watch, like Superman, uh, like Wonder Woman. The Marvel characters and the DC characters are very, um, very up debatable as to whether they're Mary Sue's or Gary Stu's because, you know, Batman has the argument of he'll win any fight because he's Batman. <laughs> he's Batman, literally. Yeah. But if you look, unless at- it's Affleck's Batman. Yeah. Well, have you seen the pictures no. of him in the papers lately? <laughs> I don't want to see him. Oh my. But like, uh, if you look at Christian Bale's Batman in Batman Begins, you've got a clear character progression of a rich kid who knows nothing apart from how to throw a few punches to an absolute uh, master assassin ninja. Yeah, who then? Yeah, who then goes on to utilize his tools, but then ultimately progresses then into the Dark Knight, and then yep. onto the Dark Knight Rises, where he's actually very weak because yes, his yeah, knees are short and. He's gone from godlike status as Batman to mm. the weak version of himself. Exactly, and that's a full character progression where you've gone from A to B and then B, which is the sort of highlight, to C, which is the old man-esque. Okay. Um, and 
you know, you could argue things like Wolverine. He would be a Gary Stu. Yeah, he would be because he's, he's literally he's really impossible to kill. Like nearly impossible. Like in the comics, he's come back so many times after people thought of they've fully yeah. eradicated and, him. Uh, except for um, spoiler alert, Logan. <laughs> yeah, uh, they finally factor, yeah, killing him off. Out. Yeah, they finally kill him off in Logan. So if you haven't seen Logan, um, tough. Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was a big. I did give you a fair <laughs> warning though. Um, okay, so but yeah, so stay away from those characters. And the best way to do that is to get second opinions on it, everything you write. Always look at characters, and if you have a number of good traits that you want to put into a character, think, would it not be better to separate it out and to put it into multiple different characters and have more people with uh, different and varying identities rather than just one super-powered individual? Yeah. Okay. Simple. Never heard of that terminology yeah. either, so that was, that was awesome. Okay, so the music that we yeah. picked, we probably won't get to play all of it, um, but what I might do is try and add it in for the podcast. Um, but we've each picked two songs, mm-hmm. um, so we may just get to play one of each. So you are going to need to pick one of yours, and I'm going to need to pick one of mine. Um, there's there's songs. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, it's only my show, but that's fine. You know. Um, yeah. So we've picked uh, picked songs that. M- what would you say? Might not really motivate, but they're the sort of inspirational songs that you might listen to when you want to do creative things, or that gives you a certain like emotional uh, encouragement, encouragement in some sort of direction. Yeah. Okay. Well, my one is more. Uh, well, one of mine is more of a song to um, help when I'm uh, when I need that extra that boost, boost yeah. and I need not so much creative in creative writing but in life in general to give me that little bit of extra boost and to really kind of push push on so um, this this is a little bit left field this one so people <laughs> probably might not know what this is and those who live outside of the UK probably won't at all but um, but yeah but enjoy this This is my king's speech, I'm nowhere near the end If I saw sister start, sorry I ain't heaven sent I messed my life up, and yeah I've been down I'm a changed man now, Chris Brown You know I feel your pain, cause I done been through it I'm Kurt Cobain, but I just couldn't do it No point in turning back, just to hit rewind Back to the future, my Marty McFly Feed them spiders the fire Cause I'm no longer looking at a reflection that I admire I paint a picture of a fighter Someone looking back at me says I'm a liar If I should die before away The least that I could ever say I made mistakes but held on to my face I'm a prince, yes I will get the crown. Kate stays in my dungeon when her sister's round. So please forgive me if I make mistakes, but I'll blow the bloody doors off. Michael King. If I should die before away, the least that I could ever say. Yeah. <laughs> 
cause I'm famous Call me Gallagher cause I'm so shameless The papers so the pages like the cost of my failures Victimized by the public, don't know if I could take this So I sing So when you feel like there's no more Nothing left but the life you've broken No regrets, no turning back Break off yourself and tell them I'm just being So for those of you who have never heard that before, that is uh, Dappy and No Regrets. And really, it's that last part that, re- that, that for me gets it, you know. Mm. Um, you know, I'm just being me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's that that whole last bridge at the end. I also is, like that song by him, uh, Rockstar as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. He's got a good another one as well, um, Good Intentions and Beautiful Me. They're both fan- all different albums as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's very, very talented. And, again, it's it, you can tell with the, the lyrics as mm. well that they're that he knows why he's doing it and stuff um but anyway yeah so so that really helps to to drive me forward hmm. so um to help me when uh it's a good one yeah um i'm sort of into well in terms of music and everything i'm really into trailer music i don't know why but like it obviously the people that advertise movies they know what they're doing so when yeah. they put music it's a lot of the times it's to hype you up and get you excited well, it's like uh, um, Blue Suede, Hooked on a Feeling, when they yeah. did the uh, the original Guardians, you know, literally heard that, downloaded Blue Suede, yeah. and I had it playing on repeat for like a year. Yeah, yeah. The whole soundtrack for Guardians as well was, is just insane. Yeah. So, But that, yeah. that that's when you can tell that people know what they're writing about and how they're going about it, and they mm. add in the additionals afterwards, like the soundtrack. Yeah, which when you're writing, you should be <clears throat> thinking about anyway in the back of your mind. You know, yeah. when you are pitching this and when you are trying to uh, to sell it to to someone to watch it, for instance, yeah, what sort of music are you going to have to it's, go with what you're doing? What sort of soundtrack do you envision? Because I guarantee you, Edgar Wright would have absolutely have thought about every yeah. single one of them uh, song choices. Exactly. Including in in the stuff that doesn't really necessarily use music to uh, to the same degree yeah. as Baby Driver, I'm sure he's still thinking about it. Yeah, oh, absolutely, <clears throat> absolutely. So go on then. What's your next point then? So the next uh, point is basically uh, snowball, uh, which is taking an idea and just running with it and adding things onto it. It doesn't even have to be anything more than an emotional feeling that you felt at any point, uh, like soon. So effectively, if you have been listening to a song and it's made you feel a certain way, uh, you basically set out to try and recapture that in any way possible by basically just writing something that makes you feel that that way, then building on it by adding characters, layers, depth, you know, plot points to it, and just adding things on until you take something as simple as listening to a song and then you're able to craft an entire story theme mythology around that one well, story jk rowling did it with the train from london to edinburgh didn't exactly she? she literally took that train journey yep and turned it into one something of, magical and that every kid wants to well, experience. literally it's like the most popular mm. franchise in the world ever yep and it's it's not going to be a quick thing you're never going to just sort of uh sit down have a cup of tea and then suddenly have a eureka moment you're going to have to do it the hard way. <laughs> a lot of us have to do it the hard way, where we get a scrapbook, we stick ideas, uh, pictures, 
just like small paragraphs of something that inspires you into this book and slowly over time it will come together and it will form a snowball but it will take a lot of time so if you are sort of listening live or listening on a podcast and you are struggling with something don't worry it will take a lot more time uh don't think that you're going to have craft like a novel in one night it will not happen i think that's the problem though is we live in a society now in in films in tv and in general where people want everything right now they don't want to graft they don't want to to work at something. They want to say, I want to do this. Oh, poof, there it is. Well, the only way you're going to do that is by stealing. And uh, there's only so much uh, in terms of taking other people's ideas that is uh, necessarily allowed before it becomes full-on plagiarism. Yeah, that's right, Melissa McCarthy. We're talking about you. <laughs> if you want to know what we mean by that, listen to last week's episode. <laughs> Crikey. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's how we lose seven thousand. No, um, we gained a thousand. Yeah, yeah, well, that's about twelve hundred. Um, but yeah, uh, that's that's point four in a nutshell. Really, it's just uh, getting a single idea and rolling with it, uh, and you know, using time as a way to build upon that idea until you've got something substantial. And that's the and that's the real point to take away is it when if you are wanting to write a script and you are wanting to. Uh, to write a screenplay or even a book, don't rush. Mm. There is absolutely no rush. Do you know, it took Guns N' Roses 10 years to write um, their their album Chinese Democracy. Yeah. 10 years to do an album. It sucked, but it was, still took 10 years to do it. In Sweet Child of Mine, where he, when he's saying, where do we go now? That's him actually turning to his band and asking, where do they go? Because he's stuck and doesn't know how the song ends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that rift from it actually come from Slash just dicking around. He was just messing around. And something as simple as that, that little rift is one of the the most iconic rifts you will ever hear. Whenever you hear that, those, what are they, four or five chords? If that, you know in an instant that that is Sweet Child of Mine. And that's the sort of impact you want when you're writing a a screenplay or, or a script. And there's there's no right or wrong way in which to do it either. You can literally... I mean, I've seen... I think I've seen three scripts. It's not a lot. I've seen three scripts, and they've each been done differently. They've been laid out differently. Mm. They've been crafted differently, and they use different uh, different words, and they use... And they play on different senses. One plays on your sense of sight and sense of um, feel, whereas one of the other ones was actually more about fear mm. and your emotional state when, when I was reading it. So it was completely different. Um, and they were laid out massively differently as well. They weren't laid out like you see scripts in TV shows and on Instagram. That's not what they look like. Trust no. me. These had scribbles on it. These yeah, had messy as hell. It was messy as hell. And they are the best. The best. And so just stick at it. Don't don't be your own writer's block. Yeah, there's um, there's a point later where I bring that up, but uh, sorry, uh, I'm no worries. Ahead. No, don't 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 worry about it. I'm, um, I'm not. Point number five. Then uh, get used to using a thesaurus. Um, it's one of the best tools currently for me. Like you can only write. He walked into a room fifty-two times before you want to put a gun in your mouth and blow your brains out. Uh, if you don't start using a thesaurus, calling upon like uh, anything to try and vary up the way that you're writing, it will bore the hell out of the people that are reading. And the last thing you want, either as a story writer, as a script writer, uh, in any way, shape or form, is to bore the audience. So how else would you say he walked into a room? Oh, I have an example of just that. Oh, and, and do you know what? That isn't even thing either. That is <laughs> no, I've genuinely me. That was me example. genuinely trying to be an arse. In case Richard asks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he was extremely cautious as his dirty boots slowly descended upon the old floorboards within the castle. The creaks rang out into the cold, dark night and he clenched his teeth. Every move he made felt like an eternity, and every sound was louder than a church bell. That's how I'd vary up he walked into a room. Okay. Yeah. And instantly, hopefully, you're sort of picturing things in your head. Yeah. uh, Of just that one sentence, like, 
dirty boots, old creaky wooden floorboards. Everyone knows that. Everyone can sort of picture that in their heads. And that's what you're doing is you're playing on people's... Because people know that. If you were to say, you know, I don't, I don't know, he he stumbled across uh, Xiphonetic whatever and you start making words up and shit, yeah, people are like, what the hell is that? I have no idea what that is. Exactly. And then least, instantly you're cutting the person out of the story. There's that sort of breaking uh, immersion and they're back in reality questioning what that device is or but how then to how would you it. how would you put that into a screenplay or into a script using those particular words how would you put that across because ultimately mm. when you're writing a script you, you don't for a script it's different you're describing the uh the room itself rather than setting a scene you're basically saying a uh reversing this it's basically uh, an old castle dining hall, uh, candles lit at either ends, uh, illuminate um, objects that uh, echo shadows onto the wall and things like that. You're you're giving them a set to design rather than a story uh, where you're trying to immerse a person. But you're trying to do the same sort of similar thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just from a different sort of perspective. And that's what that that's the whole point that I'm trying to get across is if you're writing. Uh, if you're writing a novel for an adaptation, be mm. prepared for someone to fill in those gaps for you. Yes. Because you can't sit there and say, he did all of that, and at the end he saw this, that, and the room was this, that. Because what you're ultimately doing, again, is alienating the reader and making it far mm. more convoluted than you need it to be. Yeah, there's a point in any um, narrative where you've got to say you're writing a story you have to decide whether you're going to leave it up to the individual that's reading uh, their imagination uh, and let them picture it in their mind uh, as to how much that you're physically describing. Yeah. Because you can get books like um, American Psycho by Brett Easton Ellis where he goes into finite detail of everything that the character is looking at and interacting with uh, and that's fantastically descriptive. Uh, but it doesn't leave much room for the audience to... Uh, use their imaginations other than picturing it in their minds and that's ultimately what you want to do because if you want to build that emotional attachment from the reader or from a cinema goer or, or you only really have to look at game of thrones really to to have that immersive uh, you know emotional yeah. attachment game of thrones is probably the epitome that or i would say luther because everyone loves idris elba and luther not because of who he is as as an on-screen <laughs> presence but because of who he is as a person yeah and and that is the perfect example of people don't actually care about luther that the person as such it's it's his personality and the way he comes across and it's idris mm. elba's charisma that brings it up and that's what when you're writing a screenplay when you're writing um a, a script is to have that in mind mm. I mean, I, I would say if you're writing a script, picture an actor who you would want. Oh, yeah, definitely. Who you would want. Or even when you're writing a book, picture an actor who you think would be perfect to to play that role and just go with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things I do as well. It's, um, you know, if you list out your characters, do you have a cast already in your head? Because it will make it so much easier to envision that person in that role doing the certain things. Then you can describe their physical characteristics and it's a lot less uh, fluid in terms of describing their features because, yeah. you know, writers are not gods. You're going to be uh, making mistakes throughout your novel. You don't want to list green eyes and then blue eyes and then brown eyes. No. Just you, because you don't have that fixed physical description in your mind's eye. Yeah, you need to be consistent. And therein lies the issue with a lot of, uh, a lot of mm. books I've read is that there is no consistency. Uh, go on then, number so, six. Yeah, and nice quick point uh, in too deep. Uh, one of the main things I tend to do as well is um, right from the very get-go um, trying to list all the names of all the places, of all the people. Uh, if you're writing fantasy, this is one of the toughest things in the world to do because if you look at trying to name cities yourself, trying to name like various uh, characters within a sort of old English-style setting, you're having to choose names and uh, like historical backgrounds as to why these places are named like that. Yeah. You know, Peterborough or, you know, Cambridgeshire and things like that. They all have reasons as to why they're named like that. It's not just picked out of thin air. And 
you know, if you get too set in your ways, you'll lose your mind going in and trying to establish all of these names first before you've even got a decent story together. Uh, it just sort of messes you up. Best to just list it as City A for the time being, then come back to it later when you know you've got a story, when you know you've got a decent plot. And then just add in and the then nine. add in and fill in. And then hopefully if you do the research afterwards and put these names in, you've got even more story to come back and maybe insert in different places to fill it out and to pad it out. Excellent. Good. Yeah. Right. Let's play a quick song. We'll play your yeah. one. So you're going to go with the one we originally said yes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can explain after this song. I, I, I already pretty much have a rough idea what you're going to say because yeah. of the lyrics to the song. But, um, but yeah, so this is Alex's choice. So enjoy. Maybe I'm blind Thinking I can see through this And see what's behind Got no way to prove it So maybe I'm lying But I'm only human after all I'm only human after all Don't put your blame on me Don't put your blame on me Take a look in the mirror And what do you see? You see it clearer, or are you deceived in what you believe? Cause I'm only human after all, and you're only human after all. Don't put the blame on me, don't put your blame on me. my opinion, don't ask me to lie, and beg for forgiveness for making you cry, for making you cry, I'm only human after all, I'm only human after all, don't put your blame on me, don't put the blame on me, Just a man, I do what I can, don't put the blame on me. Don't put your blame on me. There you go, so that was Rag and yeah. Bowman, uh human. Uh why would you have picked that song? Um, because it's it's basically just going on about someone that is only human. He's not a superhero, he's not anything more than just a man and that is one thing in essence that I always try and implement in any character that I'm writing about is that they're not beyond uh, you know realistic uh, in any terms of things so they're not like the doctor no exactly <laughs> like not Superman not the doctor I I really really detest writing characters that are um, that aren't human purely because it's so hard to write about them 
make them believable and make anyone else that's reading it understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Because it's it's just a really tough task and okay. I would advise against cool. it. Right. So, point seven then we're on. Yeah, point seven. Um, the only uh, time procrastination will ever help you is when you're writing screenplays and when you're writing stories, which is exactly what you sort of touched upon, which is um, basically don't lock yourself well it may work for some people like sylvester stallone locking yourself away for three days and then coming out with a script for rocky uh, but for the rest of us uh don't be afraid to take breaks don't be afraid to go on holiday to experience new things to go out with your friends and enjoy your life uh, because ultimately the entire concept of just writing in general is about recording life events uh, and fantasy writing, screenplay, things like that is no different. You are trying to encapsulate uh, living experiences into word, essentially. Yeah. And the only way you can do that is by living your life and going out and experiencing new things. I mean, you could literally take any film and you could, I don't know, swat away all of the, the pretext and the subtext of mm. all of the films and ultimately what you're left with is... Modern day life, Robocop, for instance, right? <laughs> no, 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 bear, yeah, yeah, no, I, bear I, I with know me. Where you're going, bear so with worry. me. And this is literally just like this isn't premeditated. I'm literally, as I'm saying it, this is what's come to mind. You you wipe away OCP, you wipe away the fact that he's uh, he's got an exoskeleton, robotics, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What you have is you have uh, an upstanding police officer yep. killed in the line of duty or killed in inverted commas um, heavily injured heavily injured and then faces uh, an internal struggle with adapting to their new life yeah that that is literally robocop yeah i mean you only have to i mean there was a game on twitter not so long ago where you had to describe uh, a film <laughs> badly or yeah. whatever you know and but in essence i mean you've got um what what is it um child what was it? Oh God, it's going to annoy me now. Child kills woman, um, kidnaps emotionally unstable group to challenge uh, father being or father figure or whatever. It's basically Wizard of Oz. Oh, okay. Effectively, it's Wizard of Oz. You know, mm. I don't think it was exactly that, but it was yeah. something like that. But but that that's literally what it is. When you are writing, is think simply. Yep. You know, think think of a, the base and then build everything on top. You don't think J.K. Rowling or Stephanie, what's her face? Stephanie Meyer, yeah. Yeah, that one. Or even um, George R.R. R. Martin. Yeah. You know, when he's writing Game of Thrones, he would have had a a basis for it. And it could have been, you know, pre, uh, I don't know, 12th century history or the Roman Empire. Because ultimately Game of Thrones is very similar to the Roman Empire with people, everyone wanting to be Caesar and backstabbing and bitching and fighting and everything else yeah the um the whole uh george r. r martin is a uh he's a historian he's like got a serious um education in british history yeah. uh, and the, like all the uh old school style from i think all the way back from like battle of hastings uh anglo-saxon period all the way to uh late victorian so i think he's got <laughs> like one of the best uh historic backgrounds to call upon uh, and just use for yeah. his show uh, and yeah you can see a lot of history has been brought into his tv show well not tv show his books yeah <laughs> and then they've been adapted into one into of the yeah one, one of, of the, the most visually stunning pieces of uh, you, you could really call it cinematography because really no, it's, it's cinema quality isn't it let's be honest yeah it's it's um, quite easily so yeah it's it, it, it it is just about mm. taking the time out to to go and experience different things to to use that experience to call upon because you never know when you might an idea might hit you and that's where we're lucky nowadays to have mobile phones with notepads and everything on it you can yeah. jot down stuff you know it, it it's amazing so utilize everything you've got um last point in the last quick couple of minutes yeah so uh it's basically most importantly uh, just read everything you can. Um, read books, read things online, uh, just read and watch movies, uh, listen to music. Just call upon all the media and everything that you like to do and use it 
and uh, just simply implement it somehow into the stuff that you're writing because it is possible to do so. There's plenty of things out there that can inspire you, um, such as even things like you don't you don't even have to play Dungeons and Dragons to enjoy it. You can watch it online. There's a, a series called Critical Role uh, where a bunch of voice actors uh, they've done it for over two years now, and some of the sort of ad lib situations that they get themselves into and uh, the character interact character interaction. Uh, really inspires me on how to write character interaction in scripts and yeah. in stories just because that is effectively them playing off of each other uh, and it works perfectly because they're in character and they're doing this and they don't break character if it's serious enough and that is what you need just to learn and just to pick up on different things that you can implement yeah i mean i would say it's probably not that big here but larping yeah it would be great, and people might laugh. Yeah. But but laughing, or even going to comic cons and seeing cosplayers and how yeah. they interact and how they get into the zone, you know, that is it forms all part of creative writing, and and is where a lot of script writers are, and, and it's not a slight, but they're they're lacking in uh, originality, and it, maybe they've just got a little bit lost, and it seems that Hollywood in general has just got a little bit lost recently. Maybe some um, of it is down to simply them writing scripts and going, well, I don't know what it's made of. And then they just go, oh, you know what, we'll CG in it. Yeah. And then it looks fake on screen because you can quite clearly see yeah, that they CG. have no idea what it's made of, how it moves, what it's done. But yeah. if you go to somewhere like uh, a Comic-Con uh, and you go up to someone in a really weird costume and you go... What did you even make that out of? They're going to give you an answer. They'll tell you about it. They'll, They'll tell say, you where they got it from, how much it cost, how they did it, how yep. they shaped it. And, and you know, that is... That is that's first-hand knowledge. Yeah, and that's, that is what's clearly missing. So any of you, you know, cosplayers out there, and I know loads of cosplayers out there, mm. maybe write something about what you do. Don't yeah. do it as a blog. Do it as... Well, you can do it as a blog if you want, but you can well, do it as any way you want it. Anyway, you want it. Oh, journey. Just hear the door slam. I know, right? Anyway, so yeah, you know, being creative, we actively encourage it here at the Film and TV Show um, uh, because this show literally just come from me having a huge opinion on films and wanting to yeah. get on a high horse all the time about films and whatnot, and I just thought, sod it why not just do a radio show about it? Yeah. And now it's gone from a radio show to 107 plus thousand subscribers. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, again, that's because of being creative and looking at a different way of doing stuff. People think that maybe radio is, is going down the pan. It's really, really not. And because you can utilize radio and use it as a podcast. Yeah. And therein lies the genius of things that we have to hand at the moment, mobile phones, the internet exactly. uh, and everything else. So whilst this isn't uh, this isn't a book and this isn't a film and uh, and everything else, it's it's being creative and ultimately creativity will strike you when you least expect it and in the most mm. peculiar ways. Um, but if you do want to write a script and you do want to be original, just do it. Just literally sit down, write about what you love. Make up a character. Even use people that you know. Yes. Yeah. Don't use your friends. If you've, I mean, I, I was writing. Uh, I was writing a book. I started writing a book about a bank holiday weekender that I did, literally mm. with my mates, and it was the most ridiculous thing that I ever did. And I got about twenty-five pages in, and I just thought, I'm going to carry on, and I just, I just left it. But I actually do want to go back and carry on writing because mm. it was just literally a lads' weekend, bank holiday, going out and getting smashed about fifteen years ago. And if you do feel like you need someone to read it and you don't want you don't feel confident in maybe passing it to friends and family, why don't you just uh, send it to us? We'll have a read through and we'll give you an honest no no bullshit sort of uh, yeah. review of it and we'll send it back to you circles around things like Yeah, just just send it to us. We'll happily read it and critique in a constructive way. You know, we're not we're not brilliant. I've read a couple of scripts, no. you know. I kind of know roughly what, Again, what to look at. But we aren't professionals, so... No, we're yeah. not. We're not professionals. But, you know, we know when it comes to original ideas what we would like to see 
yeah. both on paper and, and on films. And, and there are hundreds and thousands of people like us that would do and <laughs> utilise Twitter, And we Instagram. promise we won't steal the ad- ideas. Yeah, we won't steal the idea. <laughs> we promise. Fingers crossed. You know, cross our heart, hope to die and all that other bullshit. Unless it's really good with me. <laughs> Unless it's really good and it's going to make us money, in which yeah. case, yeah. Bye. No, yeah, no we'll go no. like 30-30 split. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, something like that. So, anyway, that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you all very much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed it. Um, And next week, we will be doing Dwayne The Rock Johnson. We will be doing everything about (laughs) Dwayne Johnson, who is awesome. Um, But that's it. Alex, thank you very much, my friend. Uh, We'll see you all again next week. Take care. There is one more thing. It's been emotional. Yeah.